Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Happy Monday, folks. It's me, Paul Ross, and you, my friends, are listening to the very first TalkSport Daily podcast of the week, and it's going to be a belter, because we begin today's pod with the fallout from Sunday's Premier League football as Fulham surprised everyone, even Fulham, with that win at Everton. Arsenal beat Leeds United, thanks to Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's hat-trick. Wolves won at Southampton, and Manchester United dropped more points on the road at West Brom. Oh, dear, what a shame. Never mind. Really hard to see how this West Bromwich Albion team have been struggling on that performance. Two points dropped for Manchester United then. At the Hawthorns, West Brom won, Manchester United won. We're second, aren't we? No one's going to give the title away in, in February. Still 14 games to go. We need to go on a good run, have some good results in the coming week because we still go over the, to the other side of the city soon. Nobody really expected us to have produced a performance like that today, I don't think, apart from ourselves. Apart from the lads who have had a full week of getting prepared for this, maybe this result should give us a bit more confidence and uh, hopefully we can go on from here. You know, we didn't really create that moment of quality. We had enough pressure, enough of the ball, enough chances to put it in the box, but we weren't there or the quality wasn't good enough. It was a beautiful ball across the face of goal for Pierre-Enrico Bamiang, who headed home at the far post for his hat-trick. And he was extremely disappointed the way we lost both games against Bull and Villa and I wanted to see a team that reacted badly today and and I saw that against one of the best teams in the league and to play the way we've done it and get away with the results I'm extremely proud and, and happy for the boys you are not in this game to entertain people well then like if we entertain and win games then so be it but then like, we're not here to entertain and get beat then like that's not what we're here for then we come here today then like to try and win a game of football and then like to go 4 0 down is disappointing you know what you're going to get from Leeds every single game when we, I think we saw the blueprint the very first game of the season when they played Liverpool that doesn't matter if you're playing against the Premier League champions or a team as bottom three they will go toe to toe and if they get beat they get beat Bielsa looks at the way they play as preferring to maybe win one lose one then win one or lose and then draw and it'd be a bit of a nothing performance he likes to to play a certain way and he feels that the players that he's got in his squad stand in the best chance of getting the results that he wants at some stage he's got to win something to be classed as a great manager so, so Chris are you, so in your opinion then do you think Bielsa is a bit of a myth yeah I do until he wins something of course he is Fulham can get out of the bottom three if they can replicate this kind of performance because it was absolutely outstanding it finished here Everton nil, Fulham 2 I'm very very pleased with the result today overall the performance I thought we showed for large parts of this game today for 70 odd minutes we're coming to a very good side and um, nullified them really to very very little and then had to show another side a clean sheet which I think we all come to realise that we've certainly uh, done better in that department so um, 
yeah, overall, very, very delighted, really. I really like Scott Parker, and I know you do as oh, a manager. What a guy. I think yeah, he's what a, guy. A, a breath of fresh air. I think he's honest. I've heard as a guy, he trains as he played, and it seems like he's like this as a manager. And I just feel they're not going to have enough. It's another goal for Fulham, Everton nil, Fulham two, and again it's Josh Madger who scored it. Obviously today I showed that I can score goals at this level and I'm hoping to continue playing like this and hoping to, to get more results and, and do well for the team. We were just happy to get the result. Uh, we were confident coming in, we knew that we needed to win. Obviously we put in a great performance that deserved the result and we're happy to come away with the three points. Carver Lewin gave us a different opportunity in front, different option. They press so high with a lot of intensity. We, we were not able to have a good control of the game with uh, the possession. Turns away from Vestigard into the six-shot box and finishes superbly! It's a stunning solo goal from Pedro Neto! We are trying to improve our game. We have to improve our game to establish ourselves in a, in a good way, in a confident way, so be more solid so we can... So, something so difficult, it is being consistent, is very difficult. Took a deflection off Bertrand, and the referee says penalty for handball against Bertrand. The interpretation of this penalty, you know, in terms of what the officials do these days, is, is criminal for me. You know, it's struck really hard, close proximity, you can't even get out of the way of it. And it's unintentional, completely unintentional, but that's the way you've seen it. I don't agree with it. Seen only one team playing, one team scoring, quick uh, organised. But again, it's hard for me to, do, to speak about our performance today. It's uh, in a moment, or in the last weeks, uh, happened too much uh, of decisions against us and uh, it comes to a moment where you don't, don't, don't want to think about it anymore. I can understand why you're asking me questions about Ralph Hasenhut, but you have to understand the, the way the club is structured. They've got owners there who don't want to spend their own money. They've been quite public about that. They didn't therefore back him in the way that he wanted or needed in the transfer window. So I think they've hit a ceiling. You know, I think this is as good as it gets for Southampton. Their league campaign is over. They were never going to challenge for Europe because their squad isn't deep enough. They've got a good draw in the FA Cup. There should be a Wembley semi-final to look forward to. But I think Southampton have found their natural place in the table. I still think he's probably overachieving the fact they're not in a relegation battle because they've basically got 12 players. So Jurgen Klopp has reluctantly accepted that Liverpool are now out of the title race after losing at Leicester on game day. Meanwhile, the Foxes are third and seven points behind leaders Man City who have got a game in hand. But what does this mean for Klopp and Liverpool's season? Now this is the take of TalkSport's very own Tony Cascarino and Dean Ashton. What a big, big mess up this is from the new man, Kabak and Alisson. There's no communication or he doesn't listen to his goalkeeper. They both go for the same ball. They crash into each other. The second goal is just a misunderstanding. You, know, you see the situation we are in. We have to, we have to try new things and uh, brought in new players. And it's a misunderstanding between Ali and Ozan, obviously. Ali, I'm not sure if he shouted or not. Ozan has no idea that Ali is coming in that moment or doesn't see him. Bali gets suppressing for Vardy, can make an easy goal. You know, I can't really put a goal down to actually bad goalkeeping, as in making an error. It's bobbled underneath him or mm-hmm. he's not quite got his hand to something and he should have done better with that effort. He made an unbelievable save after it went well, 1-1 or, or 2-1. He made an unbelievable save. But don't do things that are going to cause problems for your team and you're going to concede goals because that's part of goalkeeping. It's a, it is a worry when your goalkeeper's making big mistakes like that, but it's more a collective, I think, than just maybe looking at the goalkeeper. It wasn't just him. The whole team just completely went, lost their way and lost their heads in terms of any organisation whatsoever. And Harvey Barnes 
completes a second half turnaround for Leicester City, who have been magnificent on the counter attack. We are obviously in, in, in tough times, we we'll have to go through tough times. The football was really good, was again confident in what I like against Leicester. You saw maybe a few games of them. Not a lot of teams dominated like them like we did today. We should have won this game, but we didn't. You've got to be so much better as a side to be able to just take stop for a, a minute or two, not just completely capitulate and, uh, and, and be out of position and allow wave after wave of Leicester attacks on, on top of you. I think that was a real, real worry if you're a Liverpool supporter and it's not suddenly going to change. Mm. You're not suddenly going to get Van Dijk or Gomez back. Kabak's your new man. Will we ever see him again? That was a tough day for him. When you look at the centre-half position, you talk about three or four centre-halves yeah. gone. Yeah, but well Leicester have had just as many injuries to key players and it hasn't knocked them off their stride, has it? Yeah, but listen, when you talk about key players, you talk about the, the best defender in the world. They talk, you're talking about one of their signers in Diego Jota, who was probably the most informed player in the Premier League at the time. He went down. Do you know what I mean? So it kind of scuppered them a little bit. And it's victory for Brendan Rodgers. The reigning champions have their hearts crushed on Valentine's weekend. There is nothing more dangerous than a former manager scorned. Tottenham's poor form continued after they lost 3-0 at Manchester City. We'll hear from City boss Pep Guardiola shortly, but this is the special one. Well, in fact, as we're now calling the special once, Jose Mourinho on an away day to forget for the mighty Spurs. It's 3-0. Gundogan has got the goal, no surprise, but the assist and an inspired assist was by Edison, the goalkeeper. The third goal, of course. Uh, it's quite easy to read the trajectory of, of the ball. The ball takes two, three seconds to arrive from the goalkeeper to the situation, of course. But I don't think it's fair for me to go in this direction today where the guys, they gave everything. Now it's time to rest and Thursday starts a new period for us. I can't think of Jose having a worse back four or five, whatever one he plays. I think he's never had a defence, whether it's Inter Milan, Porto, Man United, um, Real Madrid. He's never had a, a back four or five that he dislikes so much who make mistakes and with that goalkeeper again you know the goalkeeper's had a, a bad week when I look at Eric Dyer, um, he's, he's got good attributes but he just, for me hasn't got the pace I feel nowadays in the Premier League you've got to have that pace to, to cope with the quick attackers that are in the league and he doesn't have that Sanchez has the pace but he's very clumsy for me the biggest thing is the goalkeeper I mean, if I was Mourinho, I'd be giving Joe Hart a chance in the next game. Jose's got to take responsibility for tactics, for the setup. It's just a bit uh, comical, to be honest with you. The whole, the, I can't just put it to one one player, but it has to ultimately come down to Jose. He he sets them up. He does the tactics. Everyone's playing second fiddle at Man City. Mm. They're miles ahead, and I think their performance against Spurs, how they dismantled Tottenham team, and which was a bit of a game for 45 minutes. Um, but I don't don't see them. You know, and let's face it, I mean, they went to the Etihad this year and won 5-2, <laughs> which was, you know, a fantastic result. But I just think everybody's way behind City now. They've just got better and better and better. They were better in terms of uh, in commitment, and but we didn't create much. But today we play we play better, we create much, we concede few. Like, uh, I had the feeling the games we played there. But I'm delighted, happy for the, the way we played. Now, referee Mike Dean was not involved in this weekend's round of Premier League matches after he stood down following shocking online abuse aimed at himself and his family. TalkSport's James Savundra has been finding out what it's like to be in the firing line as an official and the wider implications following incidents like these. And he's reaching for the pocket, Mike Dean. And the red card is out. 
and Thomas Suchek has been dismissed for violent conduct and West Ham cannot believe it. One of the hardest things for referees to deal with is the aftermath. Everything around the game of football is easy. It's the aftermath. For Mike Dean and his family, the aftermath consisted of online abuse and death threats. Former Premier League referee Mark Halsey was a guest on TalkSport Breakfast. I've gone through it myself after a game a couple of times and it really is frightening and it does question whether you want to carry on. I mean, some of the abuse that my young daughter and my wife received was absolutely horrendous. I, I can't say on here what was said and what was written. It was just, it, just, yeah. it was horrific. It made my wife cry. My heart goes out to, to Mike. I know exactly what he's, he's going through. Do I really need this? Does my family really need this? In 98, England crashed out of the World Cup with defeat to Argentina. David Beckham being sent off by Danish referee Kim Milton-Nielsen. You know you are in, in a very difficult job, but your, your kids and your wife and, and your persons around you is, is also in danger, if you can use that word, because they could be scared when they hear, OK, somebody is looking for my, my husband. Wait a minute, he's taking another card out for Beckham. It's a red card for David Beckham. And they try to meet me in the street uh, to do some bad things or not. Most of the things, uh, fortunately, is, is only done by the words. 15, 20 years ago, it was very difficult to get in connection with people. Today, it's very easy. You can go to the Facebook, Instagram or all the social media to post a message. I'm very pleased that I have retired now. When the Premier League introduced VAR in 2019... Didn't we all think that it would make life easier for referees? Here's sports psychologist Michael Caulfield. The one thing that VAR has done to referees, which they didn't have before, is it's given them the most awful thing in any repertoire of a performer, and referees have to perform, is it's put doubt into referees' minds. All they do now is referee with doubt. Now Stuart Atwell is wandering over to the near side, and I've got to admit, we didn't see much wrong with this challenge on Welbeck, nice but he has caught his foot, and it is a penalty to Brighton in the 92nd minute of the game. And I've spoken to rugby officials about this and umpires, and the one thing which they know affects their confidence is knowing that you'll then be humiliated on a grand scale because your decision is overturned and you're being micromanaged, and referees now are being micromanaged, and that's why they're getting it wrong. It's not because they're bad referees, it's just the system which is managing them is now over-managing them. Let's return now to the threatening messages received by Mike Dean and his family. Dr Tom Webb is a senior lecturer at the University of Portsmouth. He recently published a book focusing on abuse of match officials. I worry about the impact it might have in terms of the referees, you know, at other levels of the game. We often hear that, and certainly we've seen in our research, that what happens at the top of the game, referees believe impact upon them at lower levels. They see, you know, those incidents played out in weeks to come on Sundays and Saturdays around the country. You also worry about that impact on recruitment and retention, because at the moment that's a real concern in in refereeing with with COVID-19 anyway. And incidents like this just just aren't going to help. The chairman of the Referees Association is Paul Field. This is not uncommon. Referees up and down the country are abused week in, week out. We shouldn't have 14-year-old referees refereeing under 10s being pushed over by parents. And there's not much football on at the moment, but only a few weeks ago, a technical assault on a referee at Kettering and Leamington. So it's all the way through the game, 
all the time. And it's a very sad state of affairs. If football doesn't act soon, nor the government, nor the statutory powers, the police, the Crown Prosecution Service, I've said it many times, there will be a referee killed in this country in the next few years. A stark warning. It's clear that things need to change now. Now, here's some great news for you boxing fans out there. Promoter Bob Aram has told TalkSport that negotiations for the heavyweight showdown between Ding Ding, Tyson Fury and, in the blue corner, Anthony Joshua, are going well and that any issues are, and I quote, gradually dwindling. And he gave the Fight Night show a little insight into how talks with Matchroom's Eddie Hearn have actually been going. I told Eddie to please, it's very, very hard for Eddie to shut up. I told him, <laughs> uh, let's get this over the line, let's get this done, and then we'll make a joint announcement. But to stop Eddie is like stopping a raging river. You know, he can't keep his mouth shut. All I'll, say, uh, it, all I'll <laughs> say about what's happening is that both Matchroom's side and our side, which includes... Uh, Queensbury uh, and uh, Robert Davis, the attorney for Tyson. The negotiations have been pleasant. Uh, it's proceeding like every big fight does. We make changes. They accept some. They send it back, back and forth. And all I can say is that the issues are gradually dwindling. So thanks for listening on Acast, Spotify, Apple Pods, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like your cricket, why not try out our following on podcast for a review of today's action between England and India? I'm back on Overnights on Chalksport for 1am straight after the Sports Bar have taken your calls on Chelsea v Newcastle and West Ham versus Sheffield United. There'll be another one of these Chalksport daily poddies out first thing in the morning, so make sure you download that. Until then, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from Talk Sport. The Talk Sport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk.